Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest today is John Pitney, who many of you are probably familiar with at this point because he has been a past guest with us here on Great Loop Radio. Uh, as you may recall, John has written a series of checklists that he put together for his own use aboard his boat to address safety issues uh, because, of course, in the heat of the moment when there's a crisis, it's sometimes hard to remember what to do next. But John has been uh, gracious and generous in sharing those checklists with AGLCA members, and they are available on our website. And today he's with us to go through a few more of those. Today we'll be focusing on fire, both fire aboard and marina fires. So before we jump into today's discussion, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we hope that you will support these businesses that support The Great Loop. And with that business out of the way, uh, John, thank you for joining us again on Great Loop Radio. It's my pleasure, Kim. Uh, Looking forward to going through this material today. Yeah, we appreciate that. And before we get started with the procedures themselves, for those who maybe have not heard you introduce these before, just uh, give us a brief synopsis of your boating experiences and why you created these checklists. Sure. Uh, My wife and I uh, completed the Great Loop in 2014. We did it uh, in two years and had about 10 years of boating experience out of St. Louis prior to that. Uh, I'm a retired Navy officer, uh, submarine officer, and during my service in the Navy, I got uh, indoctrinated on the use of checklists, not only to to perform routine operations, but also in emergencies. Uh, Certainly there are actions that one has to take uh, immediately without referring to any written material and you need to know what those are, but uh, in many situations, once those actions are taken, you can sit back and kind of figure out what you need to do next and whether or not you did the right thing. So came up with this list of uh, procedures and checklists, primarily uh, something to do over the winter months, and um, have been revising them and updating them through the years, and I thought I'd make them available to others who might want to use them as kind of a blueprint for their own boats. Uh, Mine are kind of customized for our particular boat, but uh, at least the skeleton is there of something you could use to generate things for your own situation. So that's kind of the genesis of it. Right, And, and a bit of a disclaimer, as John mentioned, these were developed for his own boat. So if you are an AGLCA member and choose to download these, they are in our documents area under checklists and procedures. And they are provided in a Word file format specifically so that they are editable. So each captain really needs to modify these to your own equipment and to your own vessel and to your own situations. So uh, like, like John said, these are almost a framework or a template for you to start from. So let's kind of jump into the first procedure we're going to discuss today, and that is what to do if there's a fire aboard, which is a pretty, um, as far as danger situations go, fire can be somewhat common on boats in in terms of reasons that could be, you know, cause you to have to uh, abandon ship or things like that. So 
tell us what to do if this situation should occur. Let's start with the immediate actions to take um, when someone aboard recognizes that there's a fire. Right. Uh, just as a uh, point of reference, I looked up the 2016 U.S. Coast Guard statistics on accidents on uh, recreational boats, and fires and explosions on board accounted for only 6% of those accidents. So it's not a, a extremely common occurrence by any means, but the consequences of it happening are so dire that uh, probably behooves one to kind of think through what you might do if it happened aboard your boat. So That's exactly right, yeah. And I think people tend to think it's more common than it actually is because when it does happen, it seems to get a lot of attention because, as, as you said, the results are pretty dire. So, yes, let's go ahead. Um, you were, and I interrupted yeah. you, but you were about to tell us the uh, what to do first when you discover fire aboard. Exactly. Um, if you have a chance to talk to your crew prior to getting underway, and whether your crew is simply your spouse or – uh, whatever, whoever's on board, it really helps if you can have uh, a little discussion with them about safety. And one of the things I like to tell crew members on our boat is that if they see or smell anything that looks like a fire, to immediately yell at the top of their lungs so that the captain, whoever's at the helm, can hear it, that there's a fire in the salon or fire in forward stateroom or wherever it is, try to give notification that there's a fire and and where it is and if you have the presence of mind to describe it like white smoke or black smoke it might give you a clue as to what's going wrong white smoke is typically an electrical or paper fire whereas uh, blue or black smoke could be fiberglass oils or fuels so um, and how you fight those fires might be different also um, particularly if I was away from the dock, I would immediately get a Mayday message out on VHF radio channel 16. And we've got a procedure for that that we've talked about previously, Kim. Uh, but go ahead and get the word out that you have a fire on board so folks can start coming your way to either rescue you if you happen to end up in the water or to uh, help you fight the fire. Get everybody in life jackets and shoes and ready to abandon ship very quickly. Uh, you may have just a matter of minutes before everyone's been being forced to jump overboard to save themselves. Um, so you want to have everybody in life jackets as quickly as possible. If you have, if it looks like you may have a little bit of time or you're just noticing some smoke, um, Start gathering the fire extinguishers in the vicinity of where that smoke is coming from and then start your investigation as to what, what's happening. And so those are your kind of immediate steps to take. Get, get somebody notified that you have a problem and get people ready to get off the boat quickly. Okay. Now, your next steps, John, vary a little bit depending on where the fire is. And, and one of the places fires can occur, of course, is the engine room, which is probably a particularly troublesome because it may not be noticed right away if you're uh, operating from up on the flybridge or something along that line. So walk us through the procedures for an engine room fire. Sure, exactly. Um, <clears throat> if you... If you notice smoke or you have some indication that there is a fire in the engine room, your first indication may be 
that your automatic fire extinguishing system, whether it's a fire boy or some kind of other halon system, uh, is activated, then uh, your engines will shut down automatically if uh, you have that system set up. <clears throat> if that's your first indication, then you probably got a real problem. But uh, uh, if you notice that there is an engine room fire, you see smoke coming out the back of the boat or whatever through the engine room vents, and you should check to make sure that automatic system uh, has fired. If it has not, then you need to, to manually uh, set it off. And typically that's a pull ring that's located somewhere above the engine room, typically around the helm station. And you need to know where it is and how to pull it in order to activate that system. When you pull it, the halon or whatever extinguishing agent you have will automatically be released into the compartment and both your main engines will shut down. Um, <clears throat> you may also have a system that will shut down your gen set, your generator, if it is running at the same time. In my particular boat, it will not shut down the generator, so I'll have to do that manually through a switch that's on my DC electrical panel. But it is important to shut down that equipment as quickly as possible for an engine room fire. Shut down your generator, your air conditioning system, open your AC breakers, uh, shut down the inverter, open the DC panel breakers, try to isolate any power going into that engine room as possible because at, at that time you're probably not aware of whether it's a, a fuel fire or some kind of electrical fire, so you want to try to shut down all those sources as quickly as possible. Uh, also, if you have blowers going on, uh, try to get them turned off so you uh, reduce the supply of oxygen feeding the fire. Um, if you have an engine room monitor, this would be a great way to check if it hasn't been uh, rendered useless at, by this time, but check the monitor to see if uh, your automatic system has... Uh, has gone off or check the monitor to see if the fire is still raging or where the fire is. So don't forget if you have one to use it to your advantage to try to get more information about what's going on down there. Um, <clears throat> if the fire appears to be out after the automatic system has uh, gone off, then I would wait at least 15 or 20 minutes before opening the hatch so that you don't cause a reflash of the fire when more oxygen gets down there. Uh, also, you want to make sure that the hatch is cool enough to, to handle, so be careful around any engine room hatch or engine room door. Um, remember that your engines can be restarted in an emergency if you're drifting into uh, dangerous waters or in, in heavy traffic and you need to get your engines restarted. You can restart them using the Fireboy system uh, by putting the switch on the Fireboy system in the override position. It took me a while to figure out what that did, and that's exactly what it's for. It allows you to restart your engines after the Fireboy automatic system has uh, gone off. Um, okay. At that point, go ahead. Uh, no, I was, I was just saying, what, what do we do if the fire is still burning? Right. If you've determined that the fire is still burning then, and you still think you have some time to fight it and don't have to abandon ship, 
your next next opportunity uh, is going to be to use your fire extinguishers, your onboard fire extinguishers, which I'm sure everybody has, and in, in uh, you know uh, to the degree that the Coast Guard requires you to have them. Um, be careful in opening any hatch or any door for an area that uh, has been on fire. Feel the door. If it's cool or just slightly warm, you might uh, crack it and stick in a nozzle of one of your fire extinguishers and uh, go ahead and uh, use it there. Um, if it's too hot to touch, uh, then you might consider using your fire extinguisher, discharging it into the vents for uh, your engine room. Typically, they're on the side of the boat, uh, and most folks know where those vents are, so go ahead and use your fire extinguisher there. Uh, I would not recommend going into the compartment until you're absolutely sure the fire's out and uh, you're able to get some of the smoke out unless you have some kind of breathing apparatus on board, which most of us do not. Um, another good thing to have on board could be uh, heavy-duty cable cutters. If you have an electrical fire and you're not able to get to the switches because it's too hot, um, you could use cable cutters to actually cut the switches between the location of the fire and the battery uh, to try to uh, remove power from the fire. So those are things you need to do. Um, at this point, you need to make an assessment of the situation. If you're still not able to control the fire, then look for ways to get off the boat, either a life raft or hopefully somebody started to get your dinghy down and put it in the water. But uh, you may have to just abandon ship, and hopefully somebody's heard your mayday. Right. And as we mentioned, these are available to members as downloadable files that can be edited. And one of the nice things about that is, you know, I'm looking at a paper version of what John's just run us through, and he's got notes on here for his crew and for himself in that emergency situation that kind of identify the locations of some of these things that he's mentioned. So those will be great indicators for members who download them that those are places that it's, it's very helpful to insert instructions on where to find these things. Because again, even if you do know where it is in the heat of the moment, you tend to forget some of those basic things. So very helpful checklist as a starting point for developing your own. Uh, one of the other areas, John, that you identify as potential fire um, is uh, having a fire in the bow thruster if you do have one of those. So let's kind of walk through the procedure for dealing with that type of fire. Right, Kim. Uh, I kind of added this after I was invited over to a neighbor's boat uh, once uh, on our loop, and um, they were experiencing a bow thruster fire at the pier. Uh, their whole salon was filled with aqua electrical smoke, and they could not find the source of it. They finally opened up the hatch in the bow stateroom, and the controller for their bow thruster had entirely melted, and that was the source of the fire. Um, lots of power gets uh, placed through the bow thruster uh, from fairly large batteries, so it is a, a location that has some uh, uh, probability that a fire might start there. Uh, you need to turn off, isolate electric power to your bow thruster, know where the, that switch is on this particular boat and on mine. The bow thruster switch is very close to the bow thruster batteries, and it's down in the engine room, so it's nowhere near the bow thruster itself. So you need to know where that switch is. 
Um, once the power is off, you can use extinguishers that you should have around your bow thruster compartment, either in the sleeping area or uh, wherever in closets up in that area. Use those extinguishers to put out any fire that may have resulted. Another idea I thought of was uh, sometimes up in that area you have heads and showers, and some of the showers have a long wand that's on a, a hose. You could use that uh, in an emergency situation for water as long as you've uh, got the power secured before you used it. Um, you could, once the fire is out, open up the hatch in that bow compartment to uh, get the smoke out of the out of the uh, space. So bow thrusters and stern thrusters are very similar. Stern thruster is certainly uh, would be in the aft part of your engine room and probably treat that as an engine room fire. But the same principle applies. You need to secure power to that uh, stern thruster as soon as possible and uh, know where that switch is and whether or not you can get to it easily. Okay. Uh, let's move on to electrical panel fires. What should we do in those situations? Yeah, that's another possibility. You've just had uh, some kind of high resistance where the the high resistance in your connectors have uh, caused uh, so much heat to start a fire. In the DC panel, actually in both panels, the DC and the AC panel, your goal should be to isolate those panels electrically as quickly as possible. So try to remove all power going to those panels, either from shore power or from the battery chargers. Uh, turn off the battery chargers. Typically, you can do that from the AC panel. Now, unfortunately, both panels are usually fairly close together, so it may be difficult to uh, get to them to, to turn some switches off. But uh, make the attempt, if it's uh, safe, uh, shut down the generator so you're not supplying power through that route. Uh, go out to your, if you're at the dock, go out and secure shore power, either at the shore power pedestal or at the switch. It should be somewhere in your cockpit. Um, but basically just try to isolate that panel as much as possible electrically and then fight the fire with uh, fire extinguishers if you still have flame somewhere. Okay. And then in a little bit of a more uh, general situation, fires other places on the boat. Um, you have a few suggestions for those as well. Right. <clears throat> um, basically, uh, the theory here is to grab the nearest ABC fire extinguisher, and all your extinguishers on board should be Class ABC extinguishers. Uh, don't delay. Get them started as quickly as possible. Uh, some experts estimate that you have only 30 to 60 seconds once a fire is started in order to start fighting it and, uh, before you lose control. And then once you lose control, particularly on a fiberglass boat, chances are that uh, you're going to have to abandon ship. Um, but fight it as quickly as possible. If pull the pin, aim the nozzle at the base of the fire and sweep from side to side. That's the technique you want to use. If you can't get the pin out, Put the fire extinguisher on the deck, put your foot on it, and pull on it really hard that way to get the pin out. Uh, sometimes they get stuck in there. Um, another good thing to mention here is another possibility of a location that is likely to have a fire is in the galley or possibly uh, out on the cockpit with some kind of a uh, grill. Um, in those cases, it's very useful to have on board 
an emergency fire blanket. And these are very readily available. They're sold uh, by the thousands for folks to keep for their homes, but you can use them on the boat as well. You can buy one for less than 20 bucks at Home Depot. It's a three by three blanket that you simply lay over the, the fire, say on your stove or on a, in a fry pan or something, and it smothers the fire. Uh, you don't have to spray uh, dry chemical all over your salon and get everything just uh, totally messed up. If you had one of these aboard, they're very handy and they don't take up much space to store. So I highly recommend them. Um, so that's basically it. Uh, for all kinds of fires, you have to kind of understand your situation, see how much control you have on it, decide very quickly whether or not you want to abandon ship and make sure you get the word out that you're having a problem so people can start coming to your rescue, whether or not they're, they're there to fight the fire or to help, help you get out of the water. Great advice, John. And if you do download the documents from the website, there are a few more sections that we just don't have time to cover today. Uh, but John gives some uh, bullet points on what to do after the fire is out and also some precautions and ideas for uh, fire uh, prevention and also for dealing with a fire and also smoke alarm systems. So feel free to check those out. Uh, we have promised that we will also talk about marina fires today. So we will take a brief break and play a message from one of our sponsors and we'll get back to marina fires as soon as we return. Back in a moment. AGLCA Admiral Sponsored Dog River Marina is located at the mouth of the Tentom Waterway in Mobile, Alabama, only 22 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. The marina encompasses 95 slips, 80 of which are sheltered. They offer a ship store, courtesy car, rental cars, 24-hour guard service, and shore power. The complex's full-service repair facility is staffed with highly trained personnel to handle everything from simple repairs to complex overhauls. For more information, visit www.dogriver.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is John Pitney, author of a series of procedures that he has shared as templates with the rest of our group. Today we're talking about fire, specifically fire aboard, which we have just finished covering. And now we're going to talk about what to do if there is a fire at your marina, which marina fires are particularly concerning because there are so many boats in such close proximity that the fire can very easily jump from one to another. So, John, let's uh, start with the basics. What do we do immediately upon noticing a fire at a marina? Absolutely. Um, got this information from a uh, New York Fire Department uh, retiree who runs a company that uh, trains other fire departments on how to battle marina and marine fires. And basically his, his recommendation was if you notice a fire on your dock or at your marina someplace, get you and whoever else is on the boat up if it's at nighttime, as quickly as possible, and get off the dock. Get to a safe place as quickly as possible. Don't worry about moving your boat. Don't worry about moving the boat that's on fire, but get off the boat and get off the dock as quickly as possible, and then kind of uh, assess the situation and see if there's more things you can do. But the most important thing is to save the lives. The boats can be replaced. So first, you want to call 911, call the fire department, call the marina office if you have their number. If you're in an area where you don't have cell service, it occasionally happens, uh, put out a mayday. Put out a mayday on Channel 16 on your VHF radio. 
I also would recommend that you blow your ship's horn, particularly if it's at night, in the middle of the night, to wake up everybody else on the dock. Try to do that uh, so nobody's caught sleeping. And get off the dock as quickly as possible and uh, try to ascertain from there what, what, what else to do. If you happen to have the presence of mind once you're on the land side of the dock, if you can find the master cutoff switch for the power going to that dock, it's probably a good idea to uh, try to open that switch and remove power from the dock. But uh, at that point, you have some... Go ahead. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, the next thing you recommend is that we assess the situation further. So how do we go about doing that? Right. What are the the things that you need to know? Are you under a covered slip? And uh, this gentleman I talked to emphasized over and over again how fires on docks with covered slips are much more intense the the roof tends to concentrate the heat uh you have the possibility of the supports for the roof being weakened to the point where the entire roof collapse collapses on the boats in the dock so if you have that kind of a situation know that uh, it's a much more intense situation is the fire near a fuel dock you need to abandon the area to a much uh, larger radius because of proximity to fuel uh, is there fire or is there fuel on the water? Is it flaming up? Uh, is it on fire? Uh, is it an electrical fire? Is it a fuel fire? Is it a boat on fire? Or is the pier on fire? All these things uh, should be determined as quickly as possible to, to tell the professionals coming to fight the fire, but also to maybe, uh, if you have the opportunity, and it's not too risky to fight the fire yourself. Okay. If you have... Uh, uh, yeah, continue, please. Go ahead. Oh, please. Well, I was going to say, um, if you have a situation where the fire is between you and land, uh, you're at the end of the dock, maybe on the T or whatever, and you see a big fire uh, towards the land side of the dock, you've got some decisions to make. Uh, can you sneak by the fire on the dock? Is it a small fire and you can get by safely without... Uh, Uh, too much risk, then by all means do so. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to have to get off the dock some other way, and particularly uh, one way would be to use your own boat to exit the dock quickly. Uh, If you don't have time, uh, perhaps uh, grab a jet ski, kick off from the dock, uh, get on some floats or toys that might be around to get away, and a last resort, put on a life preserver, jump in the water, and swim away from the dock. Just get off as quickly as you can. Um, if you, uh, should you attempt to move or cut loose the boat that's on fire? And the gentleman I spoke to said, particularly in fires that are under roofs, uh, it might be helpful if you can get that boat out from underneath the roof so that, uh, the lessens the chance to have the fire spread quickly and to have the roof collapse on the rest of the boats. However, he emphasized over and over, only if it's a fairly isolated fire, small fire, and you can do so safely with uh, the help that you have on board. And you also, in this situation, would have to consider the wind and the current as to whether or not you could get the boat out of the dock uh, satisfactorily. And the other thing, of course, is to consider if you're getting the boat out of the dock, 
what's going to happen to it once it's out? Is it going to drift over towards a uh, fuel dock, for instance, and even less or make the situation even worse? So all these things have to be considered, but um, primarily they're only if you have a situation where the fire looks controllable and uh, you want to try to lessen its spread as much as possible. The last uh, point they made here was should you attempt to extinguish the fire, and he made the point that only on a very small fire uh, should you try to do that. So there are resources on the dock. All docks have to have fire extinguishers on them. Uh, remember the PASS acronym. If you're using a fire extinguisher, pull the pin, aim the nozzle at the base, squeeze the trigger, and sweep from side to side. Uh, water hoses should also be available, um, but don't use water on electrical fire. Try to isolate an electrical fire by turning off the power if possible. If in doubt at all as to whether or not the fire can be fought, uh, leave the area. Just get out of there. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh-huh. There's a couple of things I'd like to point out here as well, Kim, uh, just basically going back to equipment that you might want to have on board, if I may. Yeah, please do. Okay. Uh, we talked about uh, briefly about smoke alarms. Uh, I think it's paramount that, that uh, boaters have smoke alarms on the boat. I think some of the newer models do. I think they've started putting those on newer boats, but any uh, cruising boat more than five years old does not probably does not come with a smoke detector. They come with carbon monoxide detectors, but not smoke detectors from the factory. On our boat satisfaction, we uh, installed five smoke detectors, and these are smoke detectors that you can buy at Home Depot, just about any place that uh, you use in your home. Uh, there are no UL standards that I know of currently for boat smoke detectors. They are, they do exist for RVs, but not for boats. So I just decided it's better to have something than nothing. Ones that I put on, I'd like to give the part number because I think uh, it saves some searching for some folks. It's mm-hmm. SAs and SAM Alpha 511, C is in Charlie, N is in Nancy, 2, dash three s is in sam t is in tango and that's the part number for a first alert wireless smoke alarm with voice location and all these smoke alarms will sit in various places around your boat for instance in the living area up on the flybridge, down the engine room perhaps put one in your bow thruster compartment and you can program them with the name of a typical house location, in other words, office, living room, utility room, basement, whatever. And I've done that on our boat so that the office is the flybridge, the living room is the salon, the utility room is the engine room, uh, etc. And when one of them alarms, detects smoke, they all go off simultaneously. The one on the flybridge will go off and a voice will come on saying, smoke, in utility room for instance if it was in the engine room and uh it's very uh very evident that something's going on when that that alarm sounds so it might give you just a few extra minutes to fight a fire if you have those smoke alarms on board i would highly recommend that folks get one of those or get several of them and put them in strategic places around the boat um great information only other piece of information would be um, 
to get the fire blanket, and we talked about that a little bit. And one other thing you might want to have, if you have a sleeping compartment uh, that could be cut off from a exit route uh, when you're on the boat. Now, I would have some kind of a fire axe or something that I could hit the hull with and uh, knock out a port light or something just to give you a little bit of air or some way to get out of the boat uh, or survive before help could get to you. But we store a, a you know, medium-sized fire axe in one of our closets down in our master stateroom. So that's kind of the uh, kind of all I had today. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, but, uh, and that's quite a lot. Um, some great information, some great tips. Um, so we appreciate you sharing those. Uh, these safety issues are so important to cover. Um, and we always worry about uh, scaring some people because we have a lot of new loopers or future loopers who do listen to this podcast. Um, so we do want to reassure you that these types of events are not common on the Great Loop, but it's just so important to be prepared in case they do. So once again, thanks to John Pitney for sharing those details about how to deal with fires aboard and at a marina, and for all of the checklists and procedures that he's set up as templates for the rest of us to use aboard our own boats. Um, Again, if you would like to download those, if you're a member of AGLCA, just go to greatloop.org and log in. They can be found uh, from the member resources menu. There is a link to the documents area, and there is a folder there for checklists and procedures. John, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate the great information you've shared. Thank you, Kim. My pleasure. And we'd love to have you back uh, to go through some of the others as well as time permits. Thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you being with us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.